You could be anywhere doing anything, but you're hanging out with us. And we appreciate that. So wherever you're listening and however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can find me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That is T as in Texas, S as in San Marcos, M as in Michigan. Aaron O'Connor Food. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? You all can find me on Twitter at SlendermanZ00. Again, that, that is slender, like I am a slender man, Z00. All right, all right. Kennedy Miller could not join us this evening, so we have a special guest joining us, friend of the show from the TownTalk.com out in Alexandria, Louisiana. My main man, Lamar Gaffer. Lamar, how you doing over there, my man? Man, I'm good. How about y'all? Can't complain, man. Can't call it. I feel you, man. I feel you. All right, all right, man. Let's get this thing going. So, football season is underway in earnest. College football got going about two weekends ago, Labor Day weekend. Pro football just came back this past week. So what we're going to do, we're going to play a game we haven't played in quite a long time. It is called the report card. So we're going to name teams or certain players. We're going to discuss their performance. We're going to give them an A if they did really well, a B, a C, a D, or F they were just flat out terrible. Y'all cool with that? Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. All right. All right. Getting things started off with the NFL and Jameis Winston, who threw five touchdowns. It was 14 of 20 for 148 yards. No interceptions as the Saints blew out the Packers 38 to three. Lamar, how you going to grade him? I'm going to grade him an A plus. I think he was great in that game. Um, you know, he just pretty much did not make any mistakes. No interceptions. That's the big part of it. And he has me right now contemplating getting LASIK surgery because I think the new, the new Jameis Winston here that has the LASIK surgery and also basically redshirted a year, I think that was a good thing for him pretty much there. And looks like the Saints made the right call about putting him as a starter and quarterback. Aaron? Um, I'm going to give him a B plus. I do agree with Lamar. I think they the Saints made the right decision by uh, start by starting Jameis. Um, it's just the, the stats were so weird to me. Five touchdowns, amazing, but under 150 yards total passing. I don't know, man. Like I watched the game after halftime. It didn't even seem like the Packers were even remotely interested in playing defense anymore. But I don't want to detract away from James's game, so I'm gonna give it a B plus. Um, if he goes out there and does something like that again, it'll definitely be worth the A minus. But I just feel like this one might have been a bit of an anomaly. All right. I'm going to give Jameis an A minus. So I think the biggest thing with Jameis Winston and the issue and the big reason he's not in Tampa anymore is because he couldn't stop throwing the ball to the other team. Right. And what the thing Jameis did not do on Sunday is throw the ball to the other team. Right. 
And, you know, the big thing I've always consistently said about Jameis is Jameis is the best bad quarterback in the league. Like, you watch Jameis Winston play football, you're like, yo, this dude can be really, really good. Like, on the top level, upper echelon of starters in the NFL. And then the next series, he does something, you're like, yo, this dude is terrible. And so what Jameis didn't do on Sunday is make plays that make me say, yo, this dude is terrible. You know what I mean? He took care of the ball. And like you said, Aaron, they were playing a Packers team that didn't look particularly interested in playing at all. So we've got to see if this is just like a one game aberration or if this is, you know, indicative of a larger trend with Jameis Winston taking care of the football. So next on our list, we've got Clemson football. So Clemson at the moment, they are one and one. Of course, they lost 10 to three in that defensive slugfest with Georgia. And they also, but they rebounded and won 49 to three over South Carolina State. Lamar, how you going to grade them? Let's give them a B here. I mean, I'm going to go basically off of the game against Georgia where they didn't score a touchdown. They only scored a field goal in that game. Um, you know, I know at this point in time, I mean, one and one, somebody had to go one and one in this, in this one here. And unfortunately it is Clemson. They did what they were supposed to do against South Carolina State. So, I mean, I'm just going to basically shrug that, shrug that one off right there, but I'm basically going to grade mainly off of that uh, Georgia game. And just go ahead and just say, give him a B. All right. Like, Lamar, I'm going to agree with you there. I think a B is appropriate. So I think the thing that I noticed about Clemson is there is a bit, they have a big flaw, like a big fundamental flaw in their program. And that's the offensive line. Like, if you think about it, so Clemson's really had this role since about the 2015 season. So Deshaun Watson's sophomore year, right? And what I've noticed in those six years, They've never had one of those like war daddy offensive lines, right? You're like, yo, they got dudes up front. You know what I mean? Like they've had the dudes on the defensive line with Cleveland Farrell and Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins and all those different other sorts of guys. But on the offensive line, they've not seen to really have it there. And that's gotten exposed in those last couple of matchups they've had with Ohio State and with Georgia. And the thing with in that Georgia game was they just couldn't move the ball, couldn't move the ball, couldn't protect DJ really couldn't piss a drop offensively, right? And I think what we saw in that Georgia game, because they weren't able to score, because you know, they really weren't able to get anything going, I think that game is going to keep them out of the playoff. Where's their signature win come from? They don't play Miami or UNC this year. So, like, where is their big marquee win? But, you know, I know I've gone off on a tangent, but Aaron, how you going to grade them? No, no, no tangent there. Um I'm gonna go ahead and give them a B minus. Um, I want to agree with that game being the game that if they don't make the playoffs, that would be the deciding factor. But I'm gonna hold off on that. If this was like week five, week six, then yeah, for sure, I'd go ahead and go ahead and say that. But um, it's so early, you know. They might give them a pass, like depending on how the rest of the season goes, how the rest of the teams play. They might say, "Hey, you know, it was early. They weren't. They didn't have it all together. They might. Have, they might start clicking by week five or six. Who knows? Honestly, but DJ Uga Lale. I'm just gonna let you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> he um even against South Carolina State, man, he didn't look that impressive. I mean, like he he was like I think he completed like under 15 passes under 200 yards like one touchdown I think when you see the score you automatically assume oh he must have lit it up and he he did not 
at all. So I'm, I'm a little concerned. And with that offensive line that you mentioned, I'm really concerned. So we'll see. But for right now, I'm going to give them a B minus. All right. All right. I'm pretty sure this this one is going to get you both perked up. The Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> they took an L. They lost to Tampa Bay on a last second field goal. So, Lamar, how are you going to grade the Cowboys? They get an A minus. Greg Zerline gets a D. All right. Greg Zerline, you cannot lose, you cannot leave four points on the table. I will give him the 60 yard field goal, even though he is supposed to be Legatron and he's supposed to make kicks like that. But you cannot leave four points on the table in a game like that. Now, them, the Cowboys themselves, I'll give them an A minus. I think they really stepped up in that game. They really performed pretty well against Tampa Bay, where I just really thought that they really had a shot to win that game. And I thought they were just going to just be there, just 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 kind of like the supporting cast for Tampa Bay's ring night, basically. So Aaron? I'm gonna give them an A. Um and I obviously I'm a little biased as a diehard Cowboys fan. But um honestly man, if you look at the way that they put also side note, I agree with Lamar. I'm not gonna give Greg a D, I'm gonna give him an F. A big fat F, a big fat stinking F. You have one job, he failed. F for failure. Anyway, back to what I was saying about the Cowboys. They played exceptional. The defense was a little concerning at the end. But if you're going to lose week one, what better team to lose to? What better quarterback to lose to? What better way to lose? If there was ever a way to take moral victories in a loss, Come on, man. It's got to be this one. I know. I know. But it's got to be this one. I mean, come on. We have every excuse in the world. They won the Super Bowl last year. It's Tom Brady. And we left him with over a minute to go on the clock. Do you hear everybody in the Everybody in America knew what was going to happen. I'm not even upset. Everybody yeah, in America yeah. knew that when Tom Brady got the ball, the 25-yard line with a minute and 28 to go, he was going to get them in field goal range. There was no if about it. It was how it was going to happen. It hurt to watch all the same, but still, it was how nonetheless. So despite that, the Cowboys played great. Dak is back for sure. And I'm excited to see how they do against the Chargers. Look, man, I'll say this. The biggest thing was I noticed was they look prepared to play. Yes, sir. Right? And most of the time last year, they looked like they slept walked through a quarter and a half and like, oh, we're supposed to be playing a football game right now. So that number one, they look actually prepared. They look like a competent NFL football team. Right? They look like they had eleven capable NFL defenders on the field. So <laughs> well well, maybe not. Say for Anthony Brown. Y'all need to go send him back to uh Century Twenty One or maybe he need to go yeah. delivering <laughs> furniture. I don't know. But you know Liberty Mutual. That's that's one thing y'all need to fix, right? Now I will say this about Dak Prescott. I don't think he needs to be throwing the ball fifty eight times. If you got your quarterback throwing the ball that much, at some point, there's bound to be a mistake. There's bound to be a tip, a tip ball that goes too high or a ball that goes through a receiver's hands or a strip sack or a fumble or a bad snap. When you put your ball in the quarterback's hands that much, at some point, something's going to be bound to go wrong. I think this offense will probably and really could be a lot more dangerous if Ezekiel Elliott got involved more. He needs more than 11 carries. They ain't paying him all that money to run the ball 12 times. 
So, like, if they hand him the ball a little bit more, and again, it's just one game, you know, and we really won't know how much they plan on running the ball until, you know, week five or week six, you can really start to pick up on trends. But I think if they're able to run the football, go play action with Zeke, and then throw the ball over the top to C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, they'll be in business. But again, I'm saying all of this, and Lamar, you know, you've lived long enough, Lamar, to know. Disappointment is never far around the corner. I Man, got to I don't know. myself up for this. <laughs> you do. I think this year, I really do feel like this year is going, it won't be a disappointing year. I won't say that we're Super Bowl bound, be delusional like every other year, but it won't be a disappointing year. I do agree Zeke needs to get more involved, and I think he will be. Um, I think they took a look at that front seven for Tampa Bay and said, yeah, we're not even going to. They probably ran it once early in the game where it was like, you know what? We're better off just tossing it across the field the rest of the game. So um, we'll see. I think against the Chargers, Zeke's going to have a big game, despite Joey Bosa and the fact that he's going to be lined up against whoever they decide to put out there and replace him. If Alayo Collins, may God have mercy on his soul, whoever that man is. But I think Zeke's going to have a big game, though. All right. All right. I'm going to move on here to the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans won a game, guys. They beat Jacksonville by 16, 37-21. Tyrod Taylor played pretty well as well. They picked off Trevor Lawrence twice. So, Aaron, how are you going to grade the Houston Texans? I'm going to give them a, I'm gonna give them a B, honestly. They, they, it's the Jaguars. So I mean, it's not really anything to be too impressed about, but they didn't execute very well. And I'm going to give Tyrod Taylor an A. He balled out. And I'm very, very happy because he's had a very tumultuous career. A lot of crazy, just very unfortunate events seem to continue to happen to Tyrod Taylor. But this past Sunday was not one of them, so I'm very happy for him. I hope he continues to keep that up. Overall, I'm going to give Houston a B, Tyrod an A. Lamar? I'm going to be very harsh on this one. I'm going to give him a C. I mean, come on, man. It's the Jaguars. They, <laughs> I mean, they did what they were supposed to do against a team like that against a rookie quarterback, against a rookie head coach. Yes, they did get more interceptions or just as many interceptions as they did uh, all of last season. I will give them that. Thank you very much, Uncle Ben slash Lovey Smith. But um, they did what they were supposed <laughs> oh to do. Oh, my God. Lovey Smith I does look like an old slave. <laughs> they did what they were supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. I will give them that, though. I thought they were going to lose the game. That I will say that, though. I thought they were going to lose the game, but they did look like a very competent franchise. They did look like very they, they were very very competent in that one. Congratulations, David Cully. You start off one and zero. However, I just think that that might be one of the only few wins that they get this season. You know what I think about the Texans? I feel like the Texans is that guy who bought like a real nice outfit at the mall like that Friday and then went to the club like that Friday and managed to get some girl, right? And then like <laughs> the following weekend, it's like, oh, yes, that was a lie. <laughs> this is really who I am. Lost, 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 lost. Yo, Yo yep. you ever took the syllabus quiz and got an A? And that was the only <laughs> thing you passed the whole damn semester? Everything else you made C's, D's, and F's on? Yeah. I feel like that's what's go what, that's what's going to be the Texan season. They made an L in the syllabus quiz. They can answer what time are Professor Johnson's office hours. They can answer where is Professor Johnson's office. How many tests are they going to be in Professor Johnson's class? Right when it's time to take said test. Right when it's when it comes time for the rubber to really meet the road, 
they going to get whooped by that test, boy. And I feel like the Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, that's a syllabus quiz, boy. Like, that is a quiz designed for you to pass, right? Like, hey, don't get too excited because ass-whippings is just around the corner. Just you wait. Moving on to a team that certainly won't get my damn blood pressure up. <sighs> the Texas Longhorns lost 40-21 to to Arkansas in Fayetteville. I don't need to run through all the stats and the total yards and everything that they didn't do because it was bad. Lamar, how you going to grade them? D. I'll give them a D. You know, understandably here, I know Arkansas is always one of those teams that, that you know, are normally like 7-5 and five and just generally have a decent year in the SEC, might even sometimes luck up and have themselves a pretty good year. If you're from Texas, didn't show up in that one. Everything looked very good when they played against ULL, but, um, you know, unfortunately, just kind of went back here, lost to Arkansas, lost to a game, you know, historical rival for you guys. You have to basically come up there. You basically have to come up there and and, and come up for those games like that. So I got to give them a D. Sorry. And? Going to give them a D minus. I mean, I watched that game. It was it, – it, it looked worse, honestly, than the score even showed. To be honest, it was just – it seemed like they got beat from the, from the jump, honestly. The offense – was flat. The defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. So, yeah, I'm gonna give them a D minus. Uh, hopefully, they get it together, man. I'm gonna give them a F, and this F ain't for faithfulness, man. Listen, I can accept losing to Alabama because that's Nick Saban. I can accept getting blown, getting our doors blown off by Kirby Smart in Georgia. Those are two of the three most talented teams in the entire country. But Arkansas. Kicked our teeth through our ass? Are you kidding me? Arkansas ran us up off the field? Is that a, are you, are you kidding me, man? Like, yo, football is about blocking and tackling. And what Texas could not do was block at all. Couldn't block, couldn't tackle. And I think the defense is probably going to be a lot better than they showed the other night. But when your offense is give, giving you eight, three and outs and you got to be on the field for so doggone long and time of possession is really skewed. What can you reasonably expect? So, and I'm just, and you know, Lamar, Lamar knows when I start talking about Texas, I get really upset and just really irritated in the whole nine yards, man. I'm just saying this, man. Charlie Strong did not get fired for this. Earl Campbell did not endure the levels of vitriolic racism for this. Okay. They need to figure something out and figure it out quick. Cause I, I can't go through some more years of seven and five and six and six and eight and four. I don't have it in me. I really don't. So they're going to get an F from me. At least you have that sugar bowl win. Lamar, you know, <laughs> that's what kept me on a narcotic. Because, you know, me and Lamar, we was talking about this a couple weeks back, right? And you were talking about am I getting off the, te uh, off the Texas narcotic. And I'm like, man, I really can't do it. Because uh, there, there, there's a legitimate high there. Right? With the Houston Texans, that's not a narcotic. The Houston Texans, that's like Mad Dog 2020. It tastes good for a hot little second. But then after that, when you wake up and your stomach's hurting and your head's hurting for the next three days, you're like, yo, I'm never drinking that shit again. With Texas, there's a legit high. We've won a national championship. We've won Sugar Bowls. We've won Rose Bowls. We've won Fiesta Bowls. I've seen elite talent, elite teams. I've seen it. So that's why I keep staying. But man, can we see if Vince Young has some more eligibility? 
can, can we see if we can get Colt McCoy back on the field? Maybe Jordan Shipley, Jamal Charles. Can we can we put a couple of them back on the field? Steal somebody jerseys. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. We we Tex needs to figure out something. The hard part with college football is getting a lot of the good players. I mean, once you kind of fall off as a top program, you can land top players depending on how well your recruiting system is. But I don't know, man. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot tougher. So I feel like we're getting a lot of those, you know, exceptional players. But at the mid level, I don't know if that makes sense. We're not getting the, the top tier talent. We're getting four. We're getting four star recruits, but we're not getting yeah. the guys Alabama's getting. We're right. not getting the guys Basically. Georgia's getting. These are all good points. These are all good points. And I'm just saying this: if we got our asses kicked like that by Arkansas, we play Alabama next year in out of conference play. I might not watch the game. Seriously. Like, I don't think y'all don't understand how upset I was on Saturday night, right? Like, I had to turn on, watch the episode of The Wire where Stringer Bell got killed just so that would cheer me up. <laughs> just so I could see that <laughs> nigga get blown off the screen. <sighs> I need a drink. I need some air. But some when we, but we, really, and some therapy. But when we come back, we're going to have friend of the show, Cam Thomas of The Takeover. He will be with us to talk about the opening weeks of college football and to give us social media bay of the week. All that and more on the other side of the break. This is the Game Plan Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter, Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T as in Tangare, S as in Sangria, M as in Margaritas. Lamar Gafford. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? All right. You can find me on Twitter at Lamar Gafford. That is all in one word, at Lamar Gafford. All right. All right. And joining us here on the program, friend of the show. Cam Thomas of the Takeover. Cam, how you doing, my man? Man, I'm good. I was a little uh, was a little down last night after the after the Baltimore game, but I picked myself up, dust myself off, found my mama at the bottom of this shutter home, a scotto bottle, and I, I'm ready to go again. All right, all right, and that's actually where we're going to start here. So, given that the Ravens have lost their top three running backs. What did you think of the performance of Latavius Murray and Tyson Williams last night against the Raiders? Uh, as far as those two individually go, I think they could make for a pretty good backfield, uh, especially with Latavius being more of a, a runner like Gus Edwards in between the tackles and with Tyson Williams being more of a uh, shifty guy. I think that could work. But the biggest hole you saw is that there is no Marcus Peters in the secondary. Like for the, the the fact that the Raiders were able to go what fifty ish yards, almost sixty yards within what thirty seconds at the end of the fourth quarter, yeah, that's, that that doesn't happen when you have Marcus Peters. So I think that's going to be the place where he's missed the most. And then obviously, uh, no Rashad Bateman for the Ravens, a first round draft pick, he's missing. So now you're back to basically Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. We know we know what Hollywood Brown is at this point. Good player, but not the guy that's going to put you over the hump. 
Sammy Watkins, based off his track record, is going to give you maybe one or two games a year where he looks like Sammy Watkins. The rest are going to be spent on the training table. I mean, we'll just have to see how this goes. I'm already predicting them to start 0-2 after we get done with Mahomes Sunday night. Again, we're talking to Cam Thomas of the Takeover here on the Game Plan Podcast. So, Cam, what team did you feel like was most impressive this weekend during week one? I like Arizona a whole hell of a lot this weekend. The defense, the one thing I wanted to see was how the coverages as far as their D-line was going to shift now that they've added J.J. Watt to go with Chandler Jones. And so you you have you can't really pick your poison because you can't double them both. So you kind of got to pick your spots on who you do it with. But as of right now, you got to put that double on Chandler Jones and make sure it's just what J.J. Watt brings as far as as far as pressure as a uh, pass rusher and as a run stopper. Because clearly Chandler Jones can go wreck your entire game plan. Tennessee never got going. And I actually think Tennessee is going to start 0-2 based off their matchup next week, personally. But as far as the team that impressed me the most, I liked Arizona. But I definitely liked what I saw in Cincinnati this week, too. They are an offensive line away from being a damn good football team. Because they got all the pieces on offense and they can score with anybody. I got to ask you at least one fantasy football question because, of course, you are the Black Matthew Berry, the Black Berry. Yes, sir. We all go to when it comes to these things. Who should be the pickup of the week? The number one pickup this week in fantasy football. I think this one's pretty easy. It's actually, it's, it should be Elijah Wilson. Trey Sermon was not active for the 49ers on uh, this past Sunday. Obviously, he's probably going to be active going forward here, but here's the caveat with this stuff. I would pick him up with caution because we've seen Kyle Shanahan's track record when it comes to San Francisco 49er running back. At one point, it was Jarek McKinnon. Then it was Tevin Coleman. Then it was Raheem Mostert. And then Jeff Wilson became a player all of a sudden. And then now Elijah Wilson is the next big thing. But they still got Jermichael Hasty. Jeff Wilson's still coming back. And you still got Trey Sermon on the roster. And we don't even know if they might look outside the building to add another back. But I think he will be the most popular waiver wire pickup this week and honestly he should be because if he is their quote-unquote feature back he's going to be a top 20 fantasy running back every week just because of the efficiency of the offense the pieces around him and the play call all right again we're talking to cam thomas of the takeover here on the game plan podcast so cam what team's performance gave you the most cause for concern in week one Honestly, I think everybody's tried to harp on the Green Bay Packers. I mean, and I'm not going to say you're wrong. They, they obviously look less than stellar. But someone else who had expectations, who's almost getting swept under the rug, it seems like, is the Buffalo Bills. Because they were supposed to be a – I mean, some people have them going to the Super Bowl, right? Um, now, as far as – I mean, they had – as far if I'm not mistaken, they had to leave the fourth quarter on Sunday. And the fact that they weren't able to put that game away because they had to throw the football in the fourth lets me further know that they have neglected the running back position. They have no faith in Devin Singletary. Uh, we saw last year they didn't have faith in Zach Moss either. So I think Buffalo's performance is actually the most alarming one because Aaron Rodgers still plays in the NFC. It's a little bit of a lighter task for him as far as teams in front of him. You got... Tampa Bay and Seattle mainly. Like I think those are the main two in that in that conference. AFC is a damn gauntlet. Every week it seems like. 
like the Texans look like world beaters on Sunday. Any given week, anybody in the AFC is like the Western Conference in the NBA. So I think Buffalo actually needs to be on the alert more so than somebody like Green Bay or even Tennessee. All right. So what did you think about the Dallas Cowboys in their week one performance against Tampa Bay? I'm not really one for moral victories, but if you give them one, like I'm okay with it this week. Dak looked like a damn world beater. And then outside of a few throws he missed, throws he missed, which he did and what you expected him to do. He's rusty. But there were also just some flat out drops and drive killers. The defense, obviously no, no one thinks they're going to be like the Bucks or the Washington football team or an elite defense like that. But if they can be middle of the pack with the way their offense is, they have a chance to go far this year. And I think that the biggest thing or the biggest takeaway from the Dallas games uh, Thursday night was that the defense has improved. Now, granted, they gave up 31 points, but they got four turnovers. Like they are forcing turnovers at a higher rate, even though it's one game. But they look like they're flying more around the field. They look more invested in actually trying to play defense. Because last year they were all. I mean, I could have got out there probably. I think I probably could have gave them 100 rushing yards last year. But this year. I actually think Dallas has put more of a concerted effort into the defense and it showed. Cam, I'll ask this question as well. Do you think this is going to be the high point for the Houston Texans this year? Yes, because if you look at their schedule, the Texans are about to run a gauntlet of who's who. I mean, they're going to play a lot of playoff teams. Like They're going to come down to earth starting Sunday when they play the Cleveland Browns, who are probably a pissed off team after the Sunday game when they probably should have won. So Cleveland's going to come out here and make a statement. And oh, by the way, it's the home opener. So I think that was the high point. That was the game they needed to get because they're probably, I would not be surprised if they dropped the next four. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the, the thing about the Houston Texans is we thought the floor was probably winning one, one or two games against Jacksonville or the Jets. Well, they've hit the floor so, already. So me and JT took an over-under. I think I got them at less than four wins this year. And they already got one. I got them at maybe winning two ball games, three tops. So like so like next this coming Sunday they play Cleveland. Then they come back home for Carolina. That's a loss. Winnable game. Yeah. It's a winnable game, but it, it I wouldn't be surprised if they lost, but it's winnable. Right. It's more so winnable than going to Cleveland and then going to Buffalo, then playing New England, and then then playing the Colts. Then you play Arizona. Then you play the Rams. Then you play the Dolphins. Oh, they're going to get bludgeoned. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to find four wins in here, and I just can't simply seem to find them. And I mean, maybe they beat the Jets in week 12. When's the next time they play I Jacksonville? They play Jacksonville week 15. And Trevor Lawrence is going to be a whole hell of a lot better. Trevor Lawrence won't turn the ball over the same at the same rate he did in week 15. The Texans are going to lose that game. They should have the number one pick in the draft. Whether they take Kayvon Thibodeau or Spencer Radler, hey, remains to be seen. But they would should have the number one pick in the draft. And they actually own their pick this year. Again, we're talking to Cam Thomas of the Takeover here on the Game Plan Podcast. So, Cam, uh, we haven't done this segment in quite a long time. And this segment is your baby of sorts. So, Cam, we're going to bring this segment back. As you're a guest on the show for the first time in about a year, Cam Thomas, who do you have for us for Social Media Bay of the Week? Social Media Bay of the Week. We have not done this in a long time. 
when you asked me earlier about it earlier today, I was wondering, I was like, who can we put in for the first one back? And then I was like, you know what? It's like noon. I got a long time in between now and then. I'm going to see what catches my eye. And then like maybe like 30 minutes later, I was on Twitter and I figured out who I wanted it to be. I actually know my first two installments. So the first one, though, we got to put her in like right away. She burst onto the scene here. I'd say maybe roughly in the last, maybe about the last year, year and a half, perhaps. But social media bay of the week, it's going to be Big Lotto. It's got to be Big Lotto. And I can't quite tell you why I've always had an affection for Big Lotto. Maybe it's because she likes him with a big forehead and big thighs. I can't quite explain it, <laughs> but I've always had a thing for Mulatto. I think it might be the tattoos as well, but Big Lotto at Lotto777 definitely deserves a place on social media Bay of the week. We're coming up here on the end of the segment. Cam Thomas, are you cool to stay with us to pick some games in the final segment? Come on, let's do it. This is the Game Plan Podcast. We'll be right back with more here on the other side of the break. We're going to pick games for Saturdays and Sundays football action. Don't go anywhere. This is the Game Plan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Follow the show on Twitter at the G Plan Pod. Again, follow the show on Twitter at the G Plan Pod. Lamar Gafford. Yes, sir. Where can they find you on Twitter? All right, you can find me on Twitter at Lamar Gafford. It's all in one word. At Lamar Gafford is where you can find me. All right, all right. Cam Thomas is still with us. Cam Thomas, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Cam, C-A-M Thomas, T as in Tangeria, S as in Tangria, M as in Margarita. All right, all right. So we're about to pick this weekend's games. So to start things off, we're going to start with college football. Number one, Alabama at number 11, Florida. Cam, who you got? Give me Bama and give me the points. All right, Lamar? I got Bama. I'm going to go with Alabama as well. They might be missing their best defensive player, Will Anderson. So that might be something to, to pay attention to. But I don't think Florida has the horses to beat Alabama. Moving on to the NFL, we're going to go with Cincinnati at Chicago. Lamar, who you got? Regulation. No, I'll go with Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) He said, just make this 60 minutes, please. (laughs) Cincinnati, man. Cincinnati. Got to go with Joe Burrow. Especially if if Chicago's going to try it out once again, Andy Dalton. To be honest with you, I wouldn't want to see Justin Fields behind that bad offensive line that can't block a phone call. Like, you'll let Andy Dalton get brutalized. Well, the problem is if they don't pay Allen Robin, Robinson to uh, get him signed to a long-term deal after this year, Justin Fields is going to have a long start to his career. Very, very true. So, Cam, who you got in Cincinnati versus Chicago? Give me Cincinnati to cover the three-point three spread, and I would take them on the money line. All right, all right. Cam, moving on, L.A. and Indianapolis, who you got? I'm going to take the Rams and the points. Lamar? I'm going to go with the Rams. They look very good with Matthew Stafford at quarterback, so 
Got the Rams, man. Man, I'm going to go with the Rams as well. It, it's a wonder what you can do with a competent quarterback. Like, they looked really, really good the other night against Chicago. So I'm going to go with the Rams as well to continue, continue this strong Matthew Stafford has been grotesquely underrated his entire career. I mean, when you've been, like, when you're in Detroit, that's a great place to forget about you in that division with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, with that horrific football team, I mean, they had Calvin Johnson, but since Calvin Johnson's been gone, and, you know, once they got rid of Jim Caldwell, because they were talking about how nine and seven and ten and six wasn't good enough, then they hired that idiot. Dan Campbell? Yeah. No, not Dan Campbell. The other dude, they Matt, Matt Patricia. Yeah. Matt Patricia. Yeah, Matt Patricia. I was about to say that idiot that used to have a, a, a pencil behind his ear with a laminated play sheet. Moving on, I'm going to go to Buffalo at Miami. Lamar, who you got? Ooh, boy. This is, this is a good one. I'm going to go with uh, Buffalo. I just think they need to win. Cam? Same for me. Buffalo needs to bounce back after last week. Buffalo has to win this game. I'm going to go with Miami, actually. I think Miami at home. I think this is like an improving football team. And if, judging off of week one, the Bills really won't run the ball very much, right? So if they haven't Josh Allen throw the ball 55 times, that's not a recipe for success. So I'm going to go with Miami at home. The Sunday night game, Kansas City at Baltimore. Cam, who you got? I'm going to do it. I'm not I, – I don't have any reason behind it. Yeah, I do. They have to win this game. Baltimore has to win this game. If they have any hopes of trying to make the playoffs this year, they have to win Sunday night. I'm taking Baltimore in a nail-biter. Lamar? I'm sorry, Lamar, but I'm going to go with Kansas City. I just think that Mahomes, he rarely makes mistakes in September, and every single time these two teams face against each other, Mahomes generally has the best of Lamar. That is very true. I'm going to go with Kansas City as well. I think with Baltimore missing Marcus Peters and also with Baltimore being banged up along the offensive line, losing Tyree Phillips, not having, you know, their full complement of running backs in the passing game isn't where, you know, it should be yet. I think, you know, they're still trying to figure out what this team is going to be with all the injuries. And so given that, and that Kansas City still looks like probably the best team in football, at least to open up the season, I'm going to go with Kansas City by, let's go with a touchdown. And the final game on our list is San Francisco at Philadelphia. Cam, who are you rolling with? I will take San Francisco in that game, and I will take them with a three-and-a-half-point spread. I'm going to go with San Francisco as well. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is still a bit of a placeholder, but I think they're good enough to win this game. They're strong defense, strong running game. They can, they, they can, they're going to beat Philly by seven. Lamar? Yeah, I'll go with San Francisco in this one, too. I think they looked, even though they almost gave that game away against Detroit, I think they still looked pretty impressive to start off the game. Philadelphia, I mean, eh, you know, it was Atlanta. I think they looked okay in that game, but San Francisco would feel like they're going to be the better team here. All right, all right. We are out of time here on the Game Plan Podcast. I have to thank all of you guys for joining us today. Got to thank my man Aaron, who had to run a bit earlier, but I also have to thank uh, Lamar Gafford. So, Lamar, tell the folks where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find your work. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter once again, at Lamar Gafford. That's all in one word, at Lamar Gafford. You can also find my work at thetowntalk.com. We got some features going on with some uh, with some. High school athletes, also some college athletes here and there, too. So 
be on the lookout for some of those as well. And I'll be at a high school game near you. All right, Cam Thomas, let the folks know where they can find you on Twitter. And also let the folks know about the return, the long awaited return of the Takeover Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cam, C A M Thomas, T H O M A S, T as in Tango, S as in Sam, M as in Margarita on Twitter. And uh, you can find, we actually have three different shows we put out uh, with the takeoff, spinoffs of the takeover, if you will. So we've got the College Football Room with JT Barrett uh, that you can subscribe to. We've got the standard takeover that everyone knows about. But then we also have uh, the Fantasy uh, Football Pod with myself uh, that drops on Fridays, drops on Fridays. The takeover also drops on Fridays and the college football room should drop on Wednesdays. All right. All right. That'll wrap it up for, for us here at the take at the game plan podcast. So wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening for Lamar Gafford, Cam Thomas, Aaron O'Connor and Kennedy Miller. My name is Alex Goodwin. We, we will see you guys next time.